the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Hello and welcome to Excel Today. I'm glad that you are here with me this morning and I trust that it's going to be a great time in God's word. Let's bow down our heads as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful privilege of fellowshipping in your word. Thank you, Lord, that your plans and purposes for us are good and you daily loaded us with benefits. Thank you for the benefits that heaven has already unleashed upon us beginning from today being the very first day of the second half of the year we give you praise we give you glory for your blessing thank you for all you've done for us in the months past the past six months you've kept us you preserved us you protected us you fed us with your word in the remainder half feed us again beginning from today bring us clarity help us teach us the path of wisdom that we may incline our hearts unto wisdom we give you praise we give you glory as you help us to maximize our lives and fulfill our destinies. Thank you that everyone watching this broadcast now or may watch it thereafter shall be transformed by the power of your word. I give you praise and I give you glory that I have utterance in the spirit to com communicate your word with simplicity and with understanding. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. But the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines brighter onto a perfect day may your path continue to shine brighter and brighter even as we begin this second half of the year in jesus precious name second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 he said but we all with open face beholding us in the glass the glory of the lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the lord okay so We've been looking at a better me. How do you become a better version of yourself? All that we have been seeking to establish with this teaching is the fact that God wants you to be better. You must have a desire to be better. And I know you do have a desire to be better. And I am your life coach, guiding you with God's word on practical keys that you can engage in order to make your life better. Many people wish to be better but they've been wishing for it for years and nothing is really changing. Others are also employing all kinds of negative strategies to be better. But in God's word, we are guided on the path for good success. The Bible says, direct is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's God's word. It guides us on the right path to take. And that's why I believe that even as you engage God's word, you receive God's word with faith and you put it to work, 
your life can only be going in a very positive direction in Jesus' precious name. So the question we ask is, how can I become a better version of myself? And we establish the fact that to be better, it begins with vision. To be better, we must also form better habits. And then we said to be better, we must make better decisions. First Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah went up to the people and said, How much longer will it take you to make up your minds? If the Lord is God, worship him. And if Ba is God, worship him. But the people didn't say a word. If the Lord is God, worship him. If Ba is God, worship him. How long will it take you to make up your mind? Some people are very indecisive. Everything that they have to do, they, they can't decide on what to do. Sometimes people are overwhelmed with too many things that they can't even decide which one to start with. You need to understand that indecision is the worst cancer that can happen to anybody because the act of indecision is a decision in itself. When you fail to make a decision, you are simply saying that other people should make decisions for you. And that can lead you on a path where you will not like. Because sometimes even your own decisions can lead you on the wrong path. Imagine trusting your destiny. Uh, uh, sitting aside and giving another person the steering wheel to drive your destiny into a, a destination he himself may not know. So that's why it's important. Decision is something that you will do as long as you live. Everyone that is alive will live to make decisions. That is one of the things we all do. As long as you live, you'll be making decisions. Some are grave. Some are not so grave. Decision who to marry, where to stay, what to do with your life, what, how to spend your money, how to serve God, what you should do with your spiritual gift, which are to be a part of. All kinds of decisions. Some of the decisions we make, where to spend eternity. These are vital decisions we make. There are decisions that can only be made in this life. One of them is just the one that I just told you about. Where to spend eternity, heaven or hell, that is a decision you make while you are alive. And I trust that everyone watching this broadcast or may watch it thereafter, you, you have made that decision. It's very important. If you've not made the decision to make Christ your Lord and Savior, then you have already decided that hell is where you want to be. And I don't think that that is what you really desire for yourself. God so much loves you. He gave his only begotten son for you that anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So while this broadcast is on, you can call on the name of the Lord, admitting that you are a sinner and you can't save yourself, and embracing the gift of God, which is Christ Jesus, by confessing Romans 10, 9 to 10, and then Christ becomes your Lord and Savior, after which the next thing is to join a Bible-believing church and then start your walk with God. That is a decision that can change your life for good. And there are many other decisions like that we would have to make in this life. I said earlier that decisions are critical. The decisions we make are critical because the quality of every man's life is affected by his decisions. Number two, we said some decisions are irreversible. You can't take your decisions for granted because your decisions would define the quality of your life. If you want to live a better life, make better decisions. If you want to become financially sound, you have to make better financial decisions. You must commit yourself to financial disciplines. You must commit yourself that every money that enters your hand, some amount will be set aside for a future purpose, for some investment opportunity. It's always important that we appreciate that our decisions are the things that define the quality of our lives. You can pray all you need to do, and it's great to pray. But beyond prayer, you need to make decisions. 
There are things God will not do for you. One of the things God will not do for you is to decide for you. He can guide you when you decide to make a decision, but he will never make the decision for you. So we need to make quality decisions because our decisions define the quality of our lives. Some decisions are irreversible. And we also said that some every decision has consequences every decision that we make there is no decision in life that is devoid of consequences every decision you make has an inbuilt consequence and so you need to be sure that the consequences of the decision you want to make are consequences you'll be happy to live with decisions have consequences De- decisions define the quality of our lives some decisions are irreversible and i also said that satan can frustrate you by provoking you to make negative or bad decisions and that's why it's important that we make better decisions now number five your destiny in life will ultimately be determined by your decision this is i mean the greatest of them all for me your ultimate destiny in life will be determined by your decisions your decisions will determine where you will be where you will spend eternity whether it's with god or is with the devil in hell it's by your decision whether you end up a success or a failure in life is by your decisions whether you become you can enjoy a happy home or not your decisions matter it's very very important that we appreciate that our decisions define and determine our destiny where you want to end look at where you want to end and then begin to make decisions accordingly if you want to be promoted on your job make decisions that will bring you to that place if you want to become an excellent person in life make decisions that will bring you into a place of excellence you have to understand that your decisions determine your destiny the sum total of your life good or bad is a product of the decisions you have made all the decisions you have made up to this point in your life they are the things that have defined or brought you to where you are today and where you want to get to tomorrow will be defined by the decisions you are making today and you will make tomorrow it's always 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 important whether you end up in glory or you end up in shame decisions are vital it's interesting that uh, concerning esau and jacob god gave a prophetic word concerning their lives before they were born let's read genesis 25 verse 23 to 24 the new king james version said then the lord said to her two nations are in your womb two peoples shall be separated from your body one people shall be stronger than the other follow the prophetic word very closely and the other shall serve the older shall serve the younger so when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth indeed there were twins in her womb and the first came out red he was like a hairy garment all over so they called his name Esau. great twins were born but the destiny of these twins were defined by their decisions god prophetically spoke into their destiny it was said that the older will serve the younger but it was not it, it was not left to chance it was not as if god has decided that that should happen that was a prophetic word but if jacob esau had done his things well or he had taken proper decisions i'm sure that things would have been different but in this case esau took all the wrong decisions and if you look at it the prophetic word became a reality in their life by determining the ultimate outcome of their destinies by the decisions Esau made and we see that in verse 29 to 33 one day when Jacob was cooking some stew Esau arrived from the wilderness exhausted and hungry Esau said to Jacob 
I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your right as the firstborn son. Trade me your right. Jacob, Esau was compelled to make a certain decision. Jacob told him, listen, I want to give you some of the food, but before I give you, give me your birthright. You are the oldest son, you are the birthright, and as as the oldest son, you are entitled to a double portion of our father's inheritance. I know that because we are Jewish people, and under our custom, that is what happens. The firstborn son is entitled to a double portion of the father's inheritance, and so that is a birthright. The birthright also qualified you for the blessing of the father and many other things. Jacob said, I want that. Esau said, look, I am dying of starvation. <laughs> Esau said, what good is my birthright to me now? Look at that. I am dying of starvation. What good is the birthright to me now? Maybe next next two weeks i'll share with you some of the things that makes people make wrong decisions by way of bringing closure when i'm done with how to make good decisions there are certain drivers or certain th key things that motivates people to make wrong decisions cyclically and i want us to look we'll be looking at some of them one of them is in the text i just read to you he said i am dying of starvation what good is the birthright to me now that is the word the word is to me now. But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Israel swore an oath, thereby selling all his birthright as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Look at that. He was predestined by birth. He was ordained to be the heir. By birth, he came first. He was entitled legally to the birthright. But he sold it. He made a wrong decision and sold the birthright. What valuable asset do you have? that you are selling off cheaply. Many of us are selling great things. Maybe in the first half of the year, you made certain mistakes. I challenge you, in this half, make quality decisions. Don't sell your birthright cheaply. There are things you have, you will never know how valuable they are until you lose them. Relationships you have, friends you have, a church family you belong to, a friend that you have, a place you work, you will never know how valuable it is until you lose it. A pastor who shepherds you, you may never know how valuable he is. A husband you have, you may never know how valuable he is. And I pray that the Spirit of God will open your eyes to see value in the people, in the places, and in the things God has given you. So you will not take them for granted. I want you to appreciate that better decisions are not easy to make. Very, very important. That's why most of the time people make wrong decisions. It's easy to make wrong decisions than it is to make better decisions. Because better decisions usually are not popular. Better decisions can be painful. And better decisions are always profitable. Those are three things I want you to really think about deeply. Better decisions are not always popular. When uh, uh, the man Moses chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, it was an unpopular decision. Because at that time, you would rather want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It wasn't a popular decision. It was a painful decision because he was looking back, or, or he was standing away from everything he had known. Prosperity uh, in the palace, the prestige of the palace, the possession of the palace, everything, the power of the palace. Joseph Moses was simply turning away from all of these just to say yes to Christ. It was, a, it was not a popular decision. It was a painful decision. But the Bible says this also made him do it because he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, because he esteemed the reproach of Christ of greater riches 
Moses obtained greater riches because he forsook something that was earthly. So it's key that we appreciate these three things. It's not always easy to make better decisions, but it's highly profitable to make better decisions. The question is, how do I make better decisions? Now let's look at 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 29 to 37. This is a very powerful, it's a long text, we'll read it, and um, I'll just introduce it and possibly continue the next episode. At that time, when Jeroboam went out to Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him on the road. Now Ahijah had dressed himself in a garment, a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into 12 pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself ten pieces, for that says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I'm about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon and will give you ten tribes. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city that I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and worship Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Kamosh, the god, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the God of the Ammonites, and they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and keeping my statutes and my rules, as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him a ruler all, all the days of his life, for the sake of David my servant, whom I chose, who kept my commandment and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, and will give it to you ten tribes, Yet to his son, I will give one tribe, that David, my servant, may always have a lamb before me in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen to put my name there. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. David left a great legacy. <laughs> it's amazing how many times God mentions his name for good. I pray that we will also be able to live a legacy like that with God that our name will forever be on the lips of the Almighty. Now look at this. First Kings chapter 11, verse 42 and 43. So that was a prophetic word that had gone forth, and the prophetic word is about to be fulfilled. How is this word about to be fulfilled? Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. So a prophetic word had gone forth that after Solomon exited, there will be, the kingdom was going to be divided. So the kingdom, the 12 tribes of Israel were not going to remain together. And God was going to take 10 and give it to uh, Jeroboam. But this prophetic word was going to be anchored on a decision that the, the, the timing for the fulfillment of the word was going to be determined by the decision of Rehoboam. And it's amazing. This test actually shows us how powerful decisions are. This man is about to make a decision. The decision he makes will either delay, postpone, or even possibly nullify the prophetic word. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's important because it looks like this is a prophetic word. I know that when God speaks, he doesn't change his mind. But remember when God sent uh, uh, Jonah to go preach to Nineveh. When he preached and they repented, there was a transformation. So it's possible that if this guy had made some quality decisions, probably even if the, the prophetic word would not have changed, I'm sure that it may have delayed. And he had an opportunity to make a fine decision. He started well, but he messed it up. 
And let's look at how this gentleman started his whole thing. He started it well. Roboam went to Shechem, and all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon, because Solomon wanted to kill him. After the prophetic word went forth, he was looking for him to kill him. And so that is what happens. He's, he's dead, and then he comes back. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. What did they say? Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subject. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over. Then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father, Solomon. What is your advice? He asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a bond servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. Look at what they said. He said they will always be your loyal subjects. So they are almost predicting a different outcome against the prophecy that had already gone ahead. They are saying, listen, we are going to give you wise counsel. If you obey the counsel and you apply yourself to it, it can change the outcome of the prophetic word that prophet Ahijah had already pronounced concerning your life, which we know you are aware of. So this is it. This guy had the privilege to make a great decision, but he blew it. And I pray that in this half of the year, we will make wise decisions. You will not blow the decisions that you are, you'll be privileged to make. You are going to be making decisions in many areas of your life. God is going to bring you opportunities. We have prayed, waited on God for the past 21 days. And doors of opportunities are going to open. Great doors of favor shall be opened unto you. And it will take the quality decisions you make to make you either enjoy them or lose them. Either to enjoy them or miss them. But it's my prayer that the wisdom of God coming to you through this broadcast will guide you to make the decisions that will advance your life and make you better in all areas of your life in this half. I pray that this will certainly be your best half in the name of the Lord Jesus. May it be your best half in every area of your life, in your health, in your finances, in your marriage, in your relationship, in every area of desire and need. May this half be your best half in Jesus' precious name. I realize that time is catching up on me. I can't finish it, so I won't start. But next week, we are going to continue, and then I'm going to walk you through how some key things we can do in order to make better decisions out of this test. The Lord bless you, and I look forward to having you join me same time next week. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word, and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus... I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you. Join us again and again. We are blessed.
Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.